1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free. And prosperous. And we see every day, and we talk about every week on the show, the, the the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. If you want to keep uh, an America that's great, free, and prosperous, because all of those things are now on the line. Uh, Very pleased this week to be joined again by Ken Timmerman, who has, uh, who is, is uh, coming to us uh, from his estate in uh, southern southern France. And uh, Ken is an investigative reporter specializing in national security, particularly the Middle East. He's an author. His latest book is And the Rest is History, Tales of Hostages, Arms Dealers, Dirty Tricks, and Spies. And it's really, it's Ken's story of how he went from a uh, Left-wing young man, atheist to a conservative Christian, and and patriot, uh, including his time when he was taken hostage by Islamic terrorists in in Lebanon. Very interesting book. Very well very well reviewed. Well, you have to, you have other important things you need to get to, I know, Ken. So let's just jump into it and take advantage of your knowledge and expertise. There's we'll see how many areas we can get to before uh, we're done with our first half of the show. So we got what's going on in Iran and their nuclear program, Israel, with the war in Ukraine and the possible war uh, with uh, China. And if China tries to take over, so let's start with what I think is the, over the short to medium term, the greatest threat to the greatest foreign threat to America, which is Iran possessing nuclear weapons, because I don't, I'm not sure that deterrence will work against the mullahs that rule Iran the way it has for decades, for example, against the Soviet Union. So it seems to have I, months ago Several months ago, the stories were Iran is two weeks away from having nuclear weapons. And that se- the story seems to have faded. What's, what is happening with Iran and its nuclear weapons program?
2: Uh,
3: very serious things are happening, Greg, but I've got to just correct the record in the beginning here. It's not a, an estate here the South of France. It's our little house on the hillside, but uh, it feels like an estate. It is certainly God's piece of paradise chosen for us on this earth, and we love being here. It's our retreat from the craziness of the United States. Uh, the craziness of things that are going on, even in my state of Florida, uh, where th- we have just inaugurated Pride Month uh, with a conservative uh, city council. Uh, they're, they're still celebrating Pride Month. It's unbelievable. All right. Iran is uh, uh, a, 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 a turn of a screw away from nuclear weapons capability. That's what this is all about. When you hear the This phrase, they're two weeks away, they're four weeks away. What that refers to, Greg, is the amount of time it would take for them to um, take the uranium that they have enriched already to 60 percent. And we believe also the IAEA believes to 80 percent and do the last final bit of enrichment to weapons grade. That would take maybe two weeks. It would then also take some time for them to uh, um, to, to uh, turn the gas into uh, fuel, uh, into uranium metal, and turn it into fuel to make the spheres for the weapons. But, but what the International Atomic Energy Agency has shown over the past 15 years, really, of these investigations, uh, actually almost 20 years of investigations, is that the Iranians have all of the—they have mastered all of the non-nuclear components of a bomb. Uh, now, when the Israelis, when Mossad managed to spear away the nuclear archive from Iran in 2018, after the extraordinary feat, uh, probably the greatest act of espionage in the history of espionage, uh, an amazing story. But when they did that, they discovered that, uh, just as the IAEA had suspected, they saw the actual plans for all of these non-nuclear components. They saw that they had been made already as of 2003, and they uh, kept those plans active so they could revive them at any time they wanted. So what we have is essentially a nuclear capable Iran today, today. And the IAEA has said they have enough material should they choose to enrich it again to weapons grade to make four or five bombs, not a one offer
2: what 's holding them up
3: uh, what 's holding them up is uh, their political decision and timing, and they have not yet decided that the timing is right uh, and and we do not know we do not have insight into their thinking into the leadership uh, i can I can tell you from my own experience with defectors from Iranian intelligence. Uh, They are uh, not very well received in our intelligence community. And the the, uh, end result of that is that our intelligence community, the CIA and the rest of them, don't have a clue what's going on inside the brains of the people making the decisions in Iran because They don't talk to them. They don't uh, uh, they're not able to get inside their brains or inside their inner circles. They do not have sources. Uh, And when they do get sources, they don't pay attention to them or they do not consider them to be credible. So we don't know what's holding them up. We don't know when they will make that decision. We don't know what the decision or the timing depends on.
1: Will, do you think Iran, once they will use them? Or I'm I mean, actually, you know, either an EMP attack or a direct attack on Israel, or yeah, they, they 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 come across as religious fanatics, but there's enough sense that they would that they don't want to risk a retaliatory nuclear attack on Iran.
3: Well, I think there are a couple of scenarios. One is the EMP attack, and they have already tested that. Uh, they have tested firing a missile off of a barge in the Caspian Sea, which is how they would probably do it. They they would bring a tanker uh, off the coast of America, off the coast of Baltimore, say, and off the coast coast of Los Angeles, one on either coast, uh, and they would launch from a platform close to the United States, so it could not be immediately attributed. To Iran. And that would take out our entire electrical grid. Um, and as the EMP Commission determined uh, nearly 20 years ago, such an attack uh, would uh, make life in America sustainable at the levels, at the population levels of 1870 or 1880. In other words, around 80 or 90 mil- million people. The rest of us would die. And we would die within a matter of two to three months. We'd be killing each other. We'd die because people couldn't get their insulin. We'd die because there'd be no food left in the supermarkets. There'd be no electricity, no no gas to pump into your cars. People would just die. Uh, No clean water, no
1: sanitation. Yeah, the the, the estimate was within a year, 75 to 90 percent of Americans would die from those things you said, including disease, breakdown of social order and starvation.
3: Right. That's right, and the police would go home to their families uh, to protect them themselves, uh, by the way, so there would not be any social order that would happen pretty early on uh, that that is sort of the apocalyptic scenario that's if the Iranians and the Iranians would do that if they thought they could achieve victory now it it is entirely possible that united with China and Russia uh, they could do such a thing so the, the the fact that they are getting closer to China and Russia as we speak, I think Increases the chances of that apocalyptic scenario. The more uh, down-to-earth scenario that people talk about is that the Iranians would essentially go the North Korean route, and they would uh, test their weapons. They would openly test their weapons. They would declare themselves a nuclear state, and then said, "What you going to give us?" Tend to um, uh, to um, not give as much credit to that. Uh, scenario because the Iranians, the, this regime in Iran, the, the, the Islamist regime in Iran, I call them the Islamic State because there is nothing of republic in that country besides the sham elections that they have, uh, that make our elections look, uh, pristine, uh, by the way, by comparison. My Iranian friends call them sea elections. Uh, so I call them the Islamic State. The, the, um, they have not shown a predilection, Greg, for, uh, cost benefit analysis, which is what North Korea has shown. They have not shown uh, a predilection for doing something so they could get something from us. So they test a nuclear weapon so they can get, say, sanctions relief or money or technology. They haven't shown that way of operating. If they operated like that, they would have uh, uh, gotten rid of their nuclear weapons program years ago because of the benefits that. Western governments, in particular Obama and now Biden, are willing to shower them with. So that leads us back with the apocalyptic scenario, and it's not a very—it's um, um, uh, not one that one likes to contemplate.
1: No, and uh, see, unlike you know, yes, North Korea is 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 communist, but they're not evangelical. That's maybe that's, that's a bad word, but they're 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 he's not motivated by the world. Kim Jong-un is not motivated by the World Communist Revolution. The mullahs of Iran are motivated by making what they call God's religion the religion of the world.
3: That's correct. And that is in the constitution of the Islamic State of Iran. Uh, The Revolutionary Guard was created precisely to uh, pursue jihad to establish, as you say, God's religion in the world, Islam. Uh, And that is their goal. That is their goal. Uh, and, and and they never forget it, by the way, in the leadership of that country. They never forget it. People think, oh, they're just like us. They just want money. They're corrupt. Uh, you know, that It's just all about them. Mo- no, it's not. Sure, they they they're corrupt and sure uh, they are, you know, making money off of sanctions. The Revolutionary Guard are they're making out like gangbusters on sanctions, which is why they don't want to negotiate with the United States, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is not their ideology. They would give it all up, and they have given it all up. They gave up 150 billion dollars to sanctions in 2014, uh, 2013, 2014, uh, and, and they refuse to give an inch. So uh, I think this is an ideologically motivated regime, and it's
2: very difficult to g- negotiate with people who are not afraid of dying, who don't care about dying. Now, now the leadership might. Um, Uh, The
3: leadership has has built Deep bunkers, so yes, they care a lot (laughs) But they've indoctrinated They've indoctrinated enough people Down below in the lower ranks Who are willing to die uh, For Allah's cause, because they Believe that they they will immediately Go to paradise, uh, where they can drink Wine, by the way, and have
2: all the women they want
1: Hmm. Yeah, This is a regime that during the Iran-Iraq War sent Young, I mean, not Not I don't know about five-year-olds, but underage, you know, teenagers, charging into the Iraqi positions to clear the minefields, armed only with the Quran, and they would try to clear the way for their regular army, then, then to attack. So, yeah, I, I, been- no, I
3: have it. A- yeah, I've got a chapter about that in my book in the rest is history. It's called the boys with the plastic keys. And they were age, the average age was somewhere between 11 and 13, something like that. And they would go arm to arm, marching across those minefields, grasping the plastic key that their, their, their mullah had given them, saying, just, just, just keep on praying and holding the key. And when you die, you'll be immediately in paradise with 72 virgins and drinking wine, you know, drinking wine out of fountains.
1: Hmm. I guess. I guess that what uh, tells you how to motivate them. Um, Prager once said that. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, that's what. That's, that's what a man gets as a martyr. What does a woman get as a martyr?" Uh, ha, ha, ha. And, that, and, that's and, a very and his, good. And his answer was something that made, I guess the idea what men can't have on earth they can have in Muslim heaven, and same thing for women. What women get is a good husband. <laughs>
4: Well that, well, well, to,
1: well, put. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage, new company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
5: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California
0: Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show
1: for the most important political office that of The Private Citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Pleased to be talking this week to Ken Timmerman, who is an investigative reporter specializing in national security, in particularly the Middle East. is an author, and uh, his latest book is And the Rest is History, which is his story about how he went from a left-wing atheist to a conservative Christian patriot. Very very interesting reading. We're talking about Iran, that situation in the nuclear program in, the, um, in our first segment. And before I move on to our next area of the world, one more question on that. There was a lot of talk about Israel launching an attack, and they had worked on that, and they had the capability of doing that. Um, we asked, I asked you, what's holding up Iran in getting nuclear weapons? What's holding up Israel in attacking?
3: Uh, What's probably holding up Israel in attacking is getting the green light from the United States. Now, I'm not 100 percent certain that uh, if they got a red light, they would not attack. Uh, I think that Israel is facing uh, an existential choice and it's something that is new. Uh, a, A year ago, two years ago, I was telling people publicly on shows like this and elsewhere that the Israelis had plenty of other options besides a military attack on Iran. Today, I think those times are over, and I don't think they have other options. Uh, I think they, they, they really, they understand because Iran is so close to a nuclear weapons capability, a fielded nuclear weapon that they cannot uh, delay any further. Plus the reports from the IAEA that uh, the Iranians are building uh, a, a, a very deeply buried new weapons site. Perhaps the site that they will use to assemble the final weapons uh, gives uh, added urgency to Israel's uh, need to resolve the Iranian nuclear weapons program once and for all. Hmm.
1: What about Saudi Arabia? There was speculation that they would at least uh, they would tacitly cooperate. Um, Now, they seem kind of they seem trying to be a little more rapprochement towards Iran. Well, will, will, the Saudi- will, anyone, will anyone help, or if Israel decides to attack, will anyone at least tacitly
2: help? Uh, everyone will so. tacitly help, except possibly Iraq, believe it or not. Uh, the Saudis, I think, would,
3: would uh, uh, say, oh, my gosh, we had a terrible failure that day. The power went down. Our radars were out. Uh, the American radar operators, they were all off on holiday. And, uh, gee, we didn't see those Israeli planes coming. Um, so I think every country in the region, except, again, possibly Iraq, which has now become an Iranian satellite. Thank you, George W. Bush. Uh, and thank you, Barack Obama. Uh, uh, but the others will be very happy to see that happen.
1: Hmm. Uh, so we have about six minutes here before we go on to your, to your more pressing enga- uh, uh, priority here. Um, I'm going to go into Ukraine. We talked about that before. Um, as we know, through repeated announcements for the last year, since the war started in February of 22, Ukraine is winning and on the verge of victory, and Putin is on the verge of defeat and being run out of being run out of office. And I'm sure that's going to happen any day now. But I want to turn my attention, in fact, over to uh, to China and Taiwan. A lot of Chinese are making a lot of noise. About Taiwan, They're, they maneuver around there. They approach our our planes and ships and so on. Is and I, I think it'd be a mistake for them. But is China going to invade Taiwan?
3: Once again, I think we have limited visibility into the way uh, President Xi Jinping thinks, the way his the people around him think. Uh, we know what they say, and we know what they do. What the People's Liberation Army is doing is increasingly aggressive. Um, just this past week, we learned that uh, one of their um, uh, one of their naval ships uh, sped past an Arleigh Burke uh, destroyer uh, in the South China Sea near Taiwan. Uh, and by the way, the Arleigh Burke ships uh, are pretty darn fast. And this Chinese ship came from behind and overtook it and then cut right in front of the bow uh at about 150 meters or 200 meters in front of the ship the navy eventually showed footage of this video footage of it's pretty dramatic they had to basically slam on the brakes to avoid a collision that's at sea they're doing the same thing in the air with our reconnaissance uh aircraft which are flying again in international airspace uh chinese fighter pilots are going right in front uh, so, uh, 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 our planes have to eat their jet wash, which, you know, if, if the pilot is not good enough, can basically crash the plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is, these are very, very aggressive, dangerous tactics in the air and in the sea. We didn't see this five years ago. Uh, it's the Chinese are, uh, you could say they're feeling their oats. They're feeling more powerful. They are feeling, uh, that we are weak, that we do not, um, stand up to challenge. They see the the way that we have essentially allowed the Iranians in the Persian Gulf to assault international shipping. President Reagan didn't let that happen. He destroyed a third of the Iranian Navy in 24 hours in 1988, the last time the Iranians did this. What does Joe Biden do? Basically, nothing. So the Chinese watch us around the world. They watch the way we are behaving, the way we are essentially uh, removing ourselves from the Middle East. We are becoming a more insular power. We are not. Um, that uh, world-unique superpower that we were just five years ago, uh, and uh, they see see opportunity. They see opportunity. Will they actually invade Taiwan? You know, uh, my guess is they would rather Taiwan without a shot and get uh, Taiwan semiconductor uh, manufacturing facilities intact, uh, gain all that expertise, that know-how, uh, that uh, financial capital, you know, the capital and the and the uh, technological capital, the intellectual capital, without having to destroy the place. An attack um, on Taiwan would, a, a military attack on Taiwan, would be incredibly destructive. I mean, uh, look at Ukraine. You know, have the, the the parts where the war is being fought in Ukraine are destroyed, even the leveled. Most of those cities have been leveled. That's what Taiwan will be. Basically, the whole island. I don't think the time uh, the Chinese want that. So they're trying to intimidate the Taiwanese, is what I think is going on. And they will continue to intimidate the Thai, Taiwanese. They're trying to intimidate us. They're trying to get us to back away from the region. Uh, I think that's overall, this is just me. This is, I, I can't read into Xi Jinping any, any more than our intelligence community can, apparently. But I can look at their actions and interpret their actions. And that's, to me, what the, interp- that, that is my interpretation of their actions.
1: Yeah, yeah. If I was playing China's position, I think it'd be a serious mistake to launch an attack, especially now. Yeah, maybe you can do it. Maybe you can beat the U.S. now, but five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to be in even, an even better, even stronger position. If present trends continue, the U.S. will be far weaker than it is now. Uh, and may not, so you just, you may win just because Everyone the Taiwanese realize what's going to happen to them, and they just kind of kind of knuckle under. So I don't see any reason. And if you if you go now, even if you win, you're going to see, you know the other nations in the in that region to go. Well, you know they did this to Taiwan now, and I understand Taiwan's different; it's considered part of China. But that could just easily be us five or ten years from now. And we will, we you know we better strengthen ourselves. We better band together with other nations in this area. It would kind of unify the that area. Against the potential threat of China, Japan may say, well, you know, OK, now we need we need to go. We need our own nuclear weapons. And that's a very sensitive subject. But um, and if the U.S. is defeated in trying to help, maybe that turns things around. Maybe that's a shock to the system. So there's a whole series of things. I just if I was if I if I was going you know, to I'm playing China's position, not America's, but China's position. I wouldn't do it now because the time is on my side.
3: Well, I think you're right, Greg. The trend lines are all in China's favor. Uh, the the time is on their side. Their navy is getting bigger. Our navy is getting smaller. Uh, their air force is growing more powerful. Ours is losing squadrons every year. So it, so it seems uh, we can't even build enough F-35s to uh, replace our thirty and forty year old aircraft on carriers and in and in the Air Force, and the Chinese are building new planes all the time. Uh, and all that technology, they're b- being able to test. So yes, I think the trend lines are in their favor. They do better by waiting, but this gives them time to intimidate and to push us out of the region and to make the Taiwanese feel very alone. And I think ultimately that's their strategy.
1: I would concur. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show and all the good work you've done over the years. And I'm sure we'll have you will we'll have you back. And I know that there is, that the uh, you have a very pressing matter. The uh, the grill is ready for you to put on the steaks. And uh, you know I appreciate a man that has a keen sense of his priorities.
3: <laughs> and the guests are arriving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Thank you, Ken. And stay tuned Unite. for the, the second half of Unite IE Radio.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to Escape, California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
5: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590,
1: The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in keeping and making America great. Free and prosperous, and we see every day the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office, that of the private citizen, to keep America great, free, and prosperous. Because ultimately, yes, the politicians and the ruling class uh, deserve all the blame they get, but ultimately, whether the whether we keep America great, free, and prosperous is up to us. In the famous encounter after the Constitutional Convention, uh, back in I think 1790 or 1791, uh, Benjamin Franklin was approached on the street by Elizabeth Powell, who was a who ran a high-end boarding house whose guests, people who stayed there, included George Washington and others. Uh, unlike women of the time, you know, after dinner when the men retired to uh, to smoke and drink and talk politics, she would join them. And she has a great story in and of herself. So, Elizabeth Powell asked Benjamin Franklin, Doctor, what have you given us? A monarchy, or a
2: republic. And Franklin said, A republic, if you can keep it. And the you means all of us. And we're not doing a very good job of it. Because in so many ways, we are losing
1: the republic. And... um no, freedom is freedom is fleeting. You look across history, republics, um, freedom, they, they tend not to last very long. And that doesn't seem to be the natural order of human civilization. It seems to be much more of a top-down. The usual order of things is maybe some god or gods up here on the top, followed by the government, the pharaoh, the king, the monarch, what
2: have you, and then the people. And America, the, 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 truly what made America exceptional was to change that order. God clearly on top, followed by the people, followed by the government. And that is not a stable way of,
1: of, of human civilization. It never has. It takes an active and engaged citizens to keep it that way. So there's a little longer explanation of what I say in every show is that, uh, you know, it's up to us, the most important political office, that of the private citizen, if we're going to keep America
2: as a free country, as it is on the line in so, so many ways. Of course, uh, this is a uh, quote pride, unquote month. And uh, there's, um, quote celebrations, unquote, all over the place. Um, our Redland city council this past week. <clears throat> adopted the usual perfunctory pride uh, proclamation, that this is Pride Month. And, you know, for people of our persuasion, conservatives, Christians, um, we don't care what consenting adults, do, what kind of sex they have in private. Up to them. You know, the Lord may weigh in at some point, but we will leave it to them and the Lord. But we don't necessarily need it shoved in our face. We don't need it. We don't want it
1: propagandized to our children. And I've never really kind understood any kind of logical sense. Not that logic has anything to do with left wing politics.
2: Is why is it why is why are people's choices of sex acts and sex partners a matter for pride?
1: Why do they, and I, I went to the city council meeting or actually I spoke at it via zoom and all these people want, you know, they, they just felt the need to have the government affirm them and give them the government stamp of approval on their private lives. Why is that? Now, it's because of culture war, but in a logical sense, the, uh, I mean, the rest of us seem to get along okay in our personal lives without the stamp of government approval. Now, of course, what really is going on is Culture war. It is to undermine the traditional American culture based on Judeo-Christian
2: principles because, as Andrew Breitbart observed, culture is upstream of politics. And what Breitbart did not say, who I think is equally true, is that religion and family or lack thereof is upstream of politics. Joseph Sorbon, he said that, uh, liberalism is really
1: piecemeal socialism and socialism always attacks three basic
2: social institutions. Religion, the family, and private property. Religion because it offers a rival authority
1: to the state. The family because it means a rival loyalty
2: to the state. And property because it means material independence of the state. And if you begin to look at the culture war in that fashion,
1: I think things begin to make sense. At least now the, the, um, brain dead, for lack of a better term, um, skulls of mush that talked at the most of them that talked at the city council meeting, you know, they're not, they're not planning this out. They're not strategizing. They're repeating the talking points and platitudes that they've heard and were taught and pro- and indoctrinated with in the government-run schools and in the so-called universities. But for the people who want to overthrow our country and
2: overthrow our civilization, they understand the need to undermine the culture that underpins
1: that society, the uh, Marxists and communists realized decades ago that the workers were not going to rise up in revolt. Not in, not in, not in, the, in the West, especially at least in, the, in times past when there were generally rising living standards that people could expect their children to be living better than they did. you know, you, you, maybe you grumble about things, you may not be totally happy about things, but that's not a revolutionary condition. But when you can divide, but communism and Marxism exists and thrives based
2: on chaos and societal division. So they figured out that to overturn the country, they needed to overturn the culture on which it's built and the religious culture on which it's built. Hence, when you see it in that sense, trying to propagandize children and sexually and, and sexualize
1: children. A few weeks ago, we had on uh, uh, Temecula mother, T- Tracy Malesko. And we played a clip. I'm not going to play it again. We played a clip when she went to the Temecula school board after she found out some of her daughters, high school daughters, assigned reading material, which included a random sexual encounter between two strange men, two strangers, who happened to meet in the public park. And one of them is says to the other, and I can't repeat the whole thing on Salem Radio. It's that bad that he says, "F me, hurt me, make me bleed." Or there was another video that made the rounds within the last week, where a teacher was explaining to her students how to pleasure the booty hole, and we'll see if that gets bleeped out of, the, out, of out of this uh, out of this episode of um, uh, on radio when when Nolasco emailed her principal and the teacher involved their email system blocked the email with the material that they had assigned to the children for reading and why is this happening again you see the larger context of the culture war we're not going to play it again today because it's about five or six minutes but you can find it online you can find it on youtube Uh, former radio commentator paul harvey who used to do, um, I think it was daily commentaries, about five minutes long, maybe weekly, I don't remember which. And he would, he did this one if I were the devil. This is back in the 1960s, mind you. Way, way before what we have now. And he went through and he says, you know, if I were the devil, I'd want, I wouldn't be happy with taking over, you know, most of the world, which I now have, but I'd, I'd want to take over the United States. And Paul Harvey then proceeds to describe how the devil would go about doing that. And it was amazingly prescient. As you
2: listen to what Paul Harvey said about the steps the devil would take to overthrow America, is it's like, check, 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 check. Almost every item that Paul Harvey suggested has come to pass. And increasingly you look at, I think that what we're doing is not this is not
1: just politics, it's not just in this world, but there is a
2: spiritual dimension to this. Um Ephesians six to eleven six, eleven to thirteen says that um put on the
1: full armor of God so you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world's darkness, and against the spiritual
2: forces of evil in heavenly realms. Winston Churchill also talked about this, and what he said
1: that the destiny of mankind is not decided by material computation. When great causes are on the move in the world. We learn that we are spirits, not animals, and that something is going on in space and time and beyond space and time, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. So I've increasingly come to see what we're doing and what's going on in the world where there's, you know, for example,
2: Target hired an avowed Satanist to design its children's line of clothing. Inconceivable five years ago, never mind 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And increasingly you see open worship of Satan. The Cartoon Network had this satanic figure as a character in their cartoons, and those are just a couple of examples. So, John Adams said that our, our Constitution was made for a
1: religious and moral people, and is unsuitable for the governance of any other. So as much as we talk about things like about getting out the vote, and that's important, registering to vote, running for election, going to school board meetings, and pushing back on their agenda in earthly realms, it also behooves us to remember the spiritual side of it and to join a church or a synagogue for that matter that believes in these things, that teaches the word of God, as in the Bible, not modern religious leftism version of Christianity that is basically rewriting the Bible to conform to leftist political ideology. Um, there are there are pastors that are that uh, profess support. They have Pride Month, at the church, and join in the Pride celebrations, notwithstanding that the Bible, the Torah, and for that matter, the Quran, all clearly say that homosexual conduct is sinful.
2: Now again, what consenting adults do in private is not a matter for the government. It's up to them, and ultimately, God may weigh in on it. But to, uh, pro- but to pro- promote it, to support it, is turning your back. Is what you're saying is that you, as a pa- especially as a pastor, never mind as a politician, as a pastor, that you know more than God. And once you you say that you know more than God on something, why defer to God than anything? Martin Luther King, I'm going to close out this segment with this quote from Martin Luther King.
1: He said that some things are right and some things are wrong, no matter if everybody is doing the contrary. Some things in this universe are are absolute. The God of the universe has made it so. And as long as we adopt this relative attitude toward right and wrong, we are revolting against the very laws of God himself. And with that, let's hear again from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to Escape, California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
5: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590. The Answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. I'm not sure how you all are celebrating uh, Pride Month. Um, but there's another aspect to this, and I wanted to touch on before we move on to a broader topic. And that is, it's not just recognize, not just honoring conduct that the Bible, Torah, and Quran, for that matter, consider to be, um, sinful. It is not just promoting this and shoving it in our faces and propagandizing it to children and trying to, uh, convince them to be anything other than, um, grow up and get married and have children. Grow up and get married to somebody of the opposite gender and
2: have children. Because the a, married men and women with children, they, they uphold the country,
1: they uphold the culture, and worst of all, they tend to vote Republican. So, That needs to be torn down as much as possible. But another aspect of this, and this shows uh, two examples that occurred recently, this past week. One is in Redding, Pennsylvania, is there was the city pride rally. And okay, it's a free country. Yes, if you want to have a pride rally, you can do that. Wouldn't argue to the contrary. But there were some counter protesters across the street. And uh, one of them had a sign that said, go and sin no more, which is what uh, in the famous story from the Bible in which Jesus saves the woman from being stoned to death for adultery and he tells the mob uh, let he who is without sin cast the first
2: stone and because we all fall short of the glory of God, no stones were cast that day but then, what did he say to the woman? Well, did he say, let's go have an adultery pride parade? No Did he say, hey, let's go ask Pontius Pilate to declare this to be Adultery Pride Month? No. He said, go and sin no more. So the man across, one of the men across the street had a sign that said, go and sin no more. And he was arrested. Now, I haven't seen if,
1: if criminal charges were filed because that conduct was clearly protected by the First Amendment. But the idea that you could be arrested in America for standing
2: on the street and holding a sign that says, it quotes the Bible. Go and sin no more. Um, Shows we're
1: increasingly not in America anymore. Like Dorothy, um, when she arrived in the land of Oz, said, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. And increasingly, we're not in America, not the one that we uh, grew up in. But I wonder... And then the other example was that a uh, in New York City, uh, the in the bus driver in, in the female locker room uh, for bus drivers, there was a man pretending to be a woman, and a female bus driver said, basically, get out of here. Now, it, may have, it may have been in stronger language than that. Um and that will, the the female bus driver is now facing hate crimes charges
2: in New York City. So the other aspect of "Quote pride, unquote, is tyranny, is to shut up
1: people if you disagree. So not only do they get to proclaim, and for the whole world, how prideful they are in their sex practices, but the rest of us can't say anything about it. And if you object at the school board, you're a fascist. You are a racist. You are a transphobe. You are a homophobe. And uh, just this week, also, the corrupt Southern Poverty Law Center declared that the Moms Against Liberty
2: was a hate group, along with the uh, Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, they want to try to shut them up and intimidate them into silence. If I can convey anything, however, in a larger sense, it's this. Uh, Michael Carlson said that about a year ago is that they're trying to wreck the country. And if you look at what the Democrat Party and its cronies, collaborators, and comrades are doing through that lens, and only through that lens, then everything makes sense. Everything they're
1: doing makes sense if that is their goal: to wreck the country and then build their one-party socialist, fascist, communist state, whatever is you want to put on it, on the rubble and ashes. Otherwise, open borders, indoctrinating and dumbing down their young people, turning U.S. cities into um, crime-infested hellholes that you can't ride—you can't ride on the subway safely anymore you can't walk down the street safely anymore just the recent video woman minding her own business walking down the streets of Oakland all of a sudden two cars pull up out come a bunch of uh, of um of young men they assault her throw her to the ground and take her purse and that's just another day in uh, democrat party america the entire state the, the deep state collaborating with uh, nonprofit groups on the left, as well as the big damn tech companies, trying to suppress Americans' freedom of speech. And as uh, Benjamin Franklin warned us, he who would overthrow the liberty of a nation must first begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Franklin contended that was a war- intended that as a warning. Uh, the Democrat Party and its uh, and its comrades seeing, think
2: it's a helpful suggestion in, in t- achieving their ends. And I could go on. But it's not all gloom and doom. There are some encouraging signs recently. Because
1: we are in a... make no mistake. We are in a cultural, political, and economic civil war for the fate and future of our country, freedom, and republic. And we are up against a dedicated, remorseless enemy devoid of all legal and moral scruples. They will do anything and everything to achieve their ends. It's like the, we talked with Canaan in the first segment, that the Iranian mullahs are not motivated primarily by earthly matters. They have a mission. They have a goal. They have an ideological mission of advancing Islam in the world. And that takes priority over everything else. And for the Democrat Party and the leftists, it is to
2: advance their leftist political views that take priority over everything else. What have we seen recently? Bud Light decided that it would be a good idea to use Dylan Mulvaney, a um man pretending to be a woman, to sell their beer. And spontaneously the
1: customer base revolted and has dramatically reduced their purchases of Bud Light. They're, they used to be they used to be the number one beer in the country, and now they no longer are. Their sales, depending on region of the country, are down 20 to 30 percent. They've lost more than 10 billion dollars. Target, aforementioned, to hire the avowed Satanists to design their children's clothing. And they had big pride display, quote-unquote pride displays in the stores. And their customer base rebelled. And they, in many stores they pulled those back, they put it in the back of the store, they stopped promoting it. Um, because you know, well, the, the enemy may control all of the institutions, big corporations, the universities, the government-run schools, the deep
2: state, and so on. We control our wallets and purses. And in any war, it's imperative that you bring
1: all of your available weapons. And we're talking about, again, a nonviolent civil war, at least at this point. And those weapons include our wallets, our purses, and our remote controls. Fox News, that betrayed us, and fired Tucker Carlson, is trying to go to the more to the left. They've lost a third of their viewers. Tucker Carlson came out with his first video on Twitter, and I just checked this morning on Thursday when we did our recording, and he's already had 106 million views. So. Uh, The Dodgers are in trouble for promoting uh, their pride and the Sisters of Indulgence. And pastors are rising up and doing a prayer vigil for that event. So there are signs of hope where we, the citizens, the most important political office, we can still win and save our country. But we're going to have to step it up to a level because what we have been doing is not enough. We're losing, but we can win. That's all the time we have this week. Thank you for tuning in and tuning in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, IE Radio.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
5: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590, the answer.